Restaurants Unstoppable, episode 37. Welcome to RestaurantUnstoppable.com. Listen to successful restaurant professionals as they discuss the tools, tactics, and services they use to better lead, manage, and market their restaurants. Join our community and make your restaurant dreams unstoppable. Here's your host, Eric Cacciatore. Yo, what's going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? This is your host, Eric Cacciatore, and this is the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry. And we accomplish this personal growth by listening to the stories of those who came before us and taking their stories and what they've learned from their stories and applying it to our own future experiences as we develop and grow our restaurants So, yeah, it's a melting pot of restaurant professionals. You really can't go wrong by tuning in. Um, And also, every now and again, we take a break from the storytelling, and I go after some of the industry's leading authorities in whatever respected niche they control, and uh, we kind of just absorb these incredible bombs of knowledge they're dropping on us. That will make all of our restaurant dreams just a little bit more unstoppable. So... That's all I wanted to share. Don't forget to connect with me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+, Twitter. Just search for Restaurant Unstoppable on any one of those platforms and you'll find me. And uh, let's connect. Please tell me what I can do to make this show better because at the end of the day, it's not just for me. It's for all of us. And uh, I'm here for everyone. So, all right. Here it is. Enjoy. All right, with excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Beth Pearson. How are you doing, Beth? I'm doing great today. How are you doing there? I'm terrific and so excited to have you on the show. Uh, are you ready to make some restaurant dreams unstoppable with your incredible advice? I am ready. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm just going to give a, a quick introduction, I'll pass, then I'll pass it right over to you. So, uh, Beth along with holding the title of Savvy Restaurateur for nine years, has had many titles, which include uh, the Chief Yummy Officer at Yummy Nation, Inventive Home Entertainer, Energetic Midwestern Mom, Globetrotting Event Planner. Uh, In 2011, Beth launched Beth's Table. Here, she shares her love for entertaining through workshops, catering, and consulting. Beth has been featured on Fox's Master Chef. Craft's Real Woman of Philadelphia, the Sterling Wine Ultimate Host Competition, and most recently, Beth was named the 2013-14 World Food Recipe Champion. Uh, That's quite a mouthful. You're a very busy lady, and it must be great to have made all those achievements. Uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit more? Uh, Fill us in on on the background. Yeah, oh my gosh. It has been so much fun just listening to all that. It's It's been quite a ride in uh, the food world. And, um, yeah, so I'm, I just have won the title of World Recipe Champion mm-hmm. 2013 out in Las Vegas. Um, and that has been my most recent, yeah, my most recent uh, fun food accomplishment. And it was an amazing experience. I so bet. much fun. Yeah. Beth, can you take us to the moment when you just knew that hospitality was the industry for you? Oh, my gosh. I feel like it's one of those things that has been my whole life, you know, and it has been a thread that has run through my whole life since I was young. 
uh, I grew up in, in uh, my mom is a first generation Italian, and our family food was, you know, a huge focus. Mm-hmm. Family gatherings, a huge focus. And so I grew up around food and hospitality, really, mm-hmm. um, from the, you know, bringing people together and gathering in my home. And so I learned at an early age how to be a great host and how to uh, feed people. And from that, it just led to my passion and interest in food and hospitality and, you know, the whole restaurant world and, um, and you know, all the way through. So it's, and even in events, you know, it's all about bringing people together and making them feel great. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. you have a, a really interesting background because uh, you originally you went to school for mm-hmm. art, right? And then uh, right. at some point you realized that, you know, being alone all day in the art room uh, or w- whatever you call it uh, wasn't for you. And then you decided right. to chase a career in hospitality. Um, can you describe that moment when you just decided to make the, the pivot and go sure. for what you're passionate for? Sure. It almost was kind of like a moment that it came to me. Um, I had been, you know, an art student. I went to the artist, the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. I went to Columbia College in Chicago and studied painting and sculpture. And I loved it. I love it. I can, you know, I can tell you I really enjoyed the, the experiences and I really did love painting and sculpting. But I just a little too social. I got in trouble a lot in the studio because I was constantly trying to, you know, chat with people. And, you know, it, it's a very focused thing to be an artist. You know, you're really focusing on your craft. And um, so I kind of knew I loved going to the art openings more than sitting in the studio all day. I loved going to art festivals and being around, uh, you know, people that loved art um, and like going to kind of the parties that were surrounding it. Any of the fundraisers for uh, artists and stuff like that, I loved all that. So as I uh, ended my, you know, career in college, I moved into um, art management, and one of the first things I did was I ran a, an art festival uh, called the Around the Coyote in Chicago, which was um, a walking tour of artist studios, and I held their first fundraiser, and I knew then that I was like, this is really much more of what I want to do. So for you, um, it was almost more of a event planning that got you started. In the, in the, most people get started in the restaurant industry, but for you, it seems like it was the event yeah, planning that got you into it. You know, what's really funny is that time was a really interesting time. Um, I was married pretty young. I was married when I was like 21 years old. And my husband and I um, decided that we wanted to go into the bar and restaurant business. He was working... Uh, in the financial industry, I was just graduating from college and sort of doing this whole art thing. And we decided at that moment also to open a small sports bar. And that was really the first foray into um, the bar and restaurant business. And at the same time, I was kind of doing this. I was like, you know, when you're young, you've got all this energy. Mm-hmm. We had nothing but time on our hands. And so <laughs> we did a lot of different things during that time frame. So we owned that bar and restaurant for nine years in all of our 20s, pretty much. And it was an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. Such a great opportunity to learn about the industry hands-on. Um, you know, no formal training in, in that area. Um, so imagine we made, we made a lot of mistakes along the way, but it was a lot of fun and it was a great time to do it because we had no idea what we were doing. So yeah, and- <laughs> we, learned, we learned, we didn't have kind of the fear that, you know, people as they get older of jumping into things. We just jumped in and we did. And we had a lot of energy and a lot of time. And we had a lot of friends and family around us that supported us and helped us with it. So awesome. um, we, 
Yeah, it was an amazing experience. Uh, but after nine years of doing it, we really kind of needed to kind of make a change. It was really fun and interesting, and we did so much with it. But we, we moved on a little bit. My husband went further deeper into the industry, and I was actually um, on the other side of things as a client working in the software industry as a, an event marketing professional. So I traveled around the world doing major programs for one of the biggest software companies in the world and basically was, was really fun because I was on the other side of it. Mm -hmm. I had a chance to be a client and to work with food and beverage directors all over the world developing, um, you know, major events. Wow. Well, and uh, yeah. Yeah. So, cool. a, a really interesting background and I can't wait to see what kind of advice you're going to have for us today, but we're going to jump into the, the other questions. Uh, uh, thank you for sharing that introduction. Uh, I think it's going to be really cool. Uh, I can't wait to see what that unique experience brings to the table today. Let's start off with a success or leadership quote or mantra to get that motivational ball going. What what kind of mantra do you apply or quote do you apply to kind of keep that success or uh, leadership positivity juice flowing in your life, your, your busy, hectic life? Well, I think as it relates to the hospitality industry, one of the biggest things in life and as it relates to the hospitality industry, um, it is uh, a quote by Maya Angelou. And it, she's one of my favorites. Um, and basically, you know, she always said, it's not what you do, it's how you make people feel. Oh, that's and awesome. Yeah, if you, if you kind of try and follow your life that way, I think that you, in hospitality or in, in other realms, I think you're going to do well. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's really trying to leave people feeling great. Um, and, you know, feeling good about having, you know, had you as part of their day, your, their life, you yeah, know. Absolutely. Uh, and I think, you know, so many people, they get into this industry with the mistake of thinking that they're in the industry of food, um, but they're not. They're in the industry of providing experiences. So, you know, it's so important that you have that ability to make people feel great and provide, you know, and just to take care of them and provide that uh, amazing experience. So the, the next question I have for you, Beth, is uh, what is your it factor? What personal characteristics do you have that have contributed to your success? I am really self-motivated. That comes from really wanting to do things well and uh, getting up every day and deciding that I'm going to make a difference and that I'm going to do a great job. So I think it, it comes from inside. It's that self-motivation. It's sometimes not easy to have, you know, every day. is So mm -hmm. it is making that decision every day to, to do the things that I'm supposed to do. And, you know, it's everything from business to uh, how I take care of myself, how I take care of my family, all those things, that self-motivation to do, do my very best. Yeah, and, you know, and just the ability to start. Sometimes you have all these dreams and these aspirations, but the trick to, to yeah. it all is just to pull the trigger, uh, you know, the, yeah. the ready, fire, aim approach, and uh, I kind of get that sense about you. You just seem like a go-getter and somebody who just gets things done. So that's an incredible yep, that's a very, point. Very, that's actually a very good point. A lot of people have a lot of great ideas. Mm -hmm. um, the people that succeed are the people that actually act on those ideas and really really truly follow through um and don't and don't let things stand in their way that they don't stop they keep on moving forward i love it 
great, great advice. Thank you. Your favorite restaurant experience, Beth? Uh, We have so many incredible experiences in this industry, and many of these experiences act as lifelong lessons and really um, just go as a reminder as to, you know, why we do things the way we do things. Can can you think of a one time where you had this experience that kind of taught you a lesson and can you bring us down to the moment and tell the story of that lesson and that experience? Oh my gosh. There's so many different experiences. (laughs) Uh, I think some of my favorite experiences have to do with people that own, you know, a business that's singularly owned by a family or a couple or, you know, uh, a chef or, you know, someone who owns the restaurant. One of which happened this winter. Um, I went to a restaurant in Chicago called Embia, and it's owned by a couple, and I think they actually might have a chef partner involved as well. But that experience is such a personal experience. It was so great. He, you know, very appropriately was at our table talking to us and stuff, but he was such a great guy great personality. He personally brought food out to us. Um, that kind of personal touch, it, it's great. You feel connected mm-hmm. to that. Like, I want to take people back there. I want to see him do well um, because I can tell that he's really invested in my experience there. Absolutely. So, yeah, I would say that that's one of, those are my favorite experiences. And from that experience, how, what, what did you take from that experience that now you apply in your own day-to-day um, businesses, and uh, I know you're not in the restaurant restaurant industry anymore, but your hospitality business, how do you apply that lesson? Um, I think it is in being authentic and bringing that authentic voice to everything that I do, and um, also caring for people, and, and remembering, uh, to me, you know, it, life is a, a lot about service, and in whatever I do, and so it's bringing that element of the attitude to mm-hmm. the things that I do. Mm-hmm. Making people feel good. Making people feel good. <laughs> awesome. I love your answer about the attitude and caring and just making people feel good because that leads us straight into the next question I have, which is on the topic of enlightened hospitality. And um, in so many ways and times you hear people talking about, you know, you have to have good food and service in the industry to be successful, but everyone seems to overlook the fact that you need to be hospitable. And enlightened hospitality talks about uh, really prioritizing that uh, hospitality with first starting with your inner guests, your you know your employees, then your guests, then your uh, community, your suppliers, and your investors. Can you tell us a time or bring us to a story where either you or one of your team members displayed enlightened hospitality? I mean, we had employees come and stay in our home because they had you know um, maybe issues. We we actually had someone who was from who was from Ireland and he was here with family and things didn't work out and he was a great worker and we had him come into our home and we took care of him for probably about three months and and helped him so it starts there Mm -hmm. and for that then you know he was so he was such a great guy to begin with but he was then so committed to um you know making sure that he passed that hospitality and that goodness on to the people that came into our restaurant um, and he would do things like, you know, um, he, he was very engaging and just engaged people. He knew their story. Um, mm-hmm. He, you know, when they walked in, he knew their name. Um, yeah. And I think because he felt so so taken care of, he really um, then imparted that on. So it was kind of a paying it forward sort of situation. Awesome. I love how you just brought us right down to the moment. I almost felt like I was there um, with you and this gentleman in your home while you brought him in. So uh, and the thing, the reason why I asked this question is because it's so important that we um, 
uh, really our success is based off of how willing we are to give and support our community and those around us. And if we support them and take care of them and show them hospitality, they'll show us hospitality and they'll take care of us and they'll, uh, it just just spreads. And that's, uh, you just gave us a great example. And, um, it just goes to show that if you take care of your people, they'll take care of you. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Uh, I loved it. Uh, all right. So what was your biggest challenge, Beth, when you were uh, getting started in the industry or maybe your current challenge and how are you overcoming that challenge? Sometimes, you know, I tend to take on a little bit much (laughs) and balancing Balancing um, is probably one of the biggest things is staying fresh and balancing and um, making sure that not only am I taking care of business, but I'm also taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm taking care of the people around me, not just my business and myself. So, um, you know, I have a family. I have three kids and a husband and, uh, you know, a house in the suburbs. So, I mean, that all needs to get attention and time. Sometimes I can be a little bit singularly focused. And, you know, that balance is always something that is an issue. And uh, I think that comes through in everything that you do. Yeah. You know, even, even, even within, you know, business, even within hospitality, if you're focused too much on one thing and you're not looking at the health of everything else around you, you're going to have maybe one thing that's doing really, really well while everything else falls apart around you. So um, Absolutely. that's an important thing. And I think that's a really common characteristic of people that get into this industry. They're really go-getters, and they really uh, just want to tackle everything and take everything off. But the truth is you can only spread yourself so thin. So what are some of the uh, tips or advice you have? How are you dealing with it, and how are you overcoming that? Well, yeah, first of all, it is recognizing it because a lot of people don't recognize it, (laughs) and they just plow through. It is looking at your daily schedule and scheduling everything in Mm -hmm. and making sure that you have time for that workout, making sure that you have time to um, handle what's happening in your home, um, make sure that you you take time for family and friends. Um, and I, as it relates to business, it's a similar situation. You have to look at your house, you know, whatever that house is within the industry that you know within your position in the industry, and figure out what is um, not being managed or cared for, and then kind of taking some time away from that singular focus and spreading yourself into, you know, the other areas as well, making sure that they get handled and and are healthy. Awesome advice. Great advice. Yeah, and, you know, it really just kind of flows into having systems. And when you say your schedule, you have, you have to make sure you schedule things. That's uh, a perfect example of how, you know, developing systems to organize your life is a great way to, uh, yeah. be able to juggle all these things you have going on. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Look at your kids. Look at your calendar. And <laughs> yeah. make, you know where you're going and what you're doing. And I would even say the night before, have yourself prepared for the next day. Do you mind me asking, yeah. what what calendar do you use? What system do you use? Do you, are you old-fashioned? You write everything down? Or do you use any kind of software to help you organize this? I use Google. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I use Google. Great it's resource, great. yeah, it truly yep. is. I'll, and I'll link to that in the show notes, everybody. If you want to, you know, try to implement the, the Google Calendar into your life, it, it is a great tool. I've used it in the past, um, but yeah, thank you for sharing that resource yep. with us. Now we're going to move on to the portion of the podcast I've dubbed uh, "Knowledge Bombs," and what you're going to do is just drop some bombs of knowledge on us that will help us all with making our restaurant dreams unstoppable. You ready to drop some bombs, Beth? I am ready to wrap it up. <laughs> I can't wait. All right, the first question I have for you is uh, employee retention is no question one of the biggest struggles in this industry. Um, what advice do you have for first finding these incredible employees and then keeping them around? 
Well, I think that probably pay is important, making sure that you are, you know, uh, in line with, with, you know, making sure that they're paid correctly. I think that that's a big one. Um, and then being respectful and making sure that this person feels great about the work that they're doing. And also, um, I would say making sure that there are challenges involved um, and that they are feeling like they are going to be learning and moving you know, through your system rather than sadness. Absolutely. And you gave us some great uh, examples of how to keep these people around, uh, how to, you know, you pay them, you give them respect, you challenge them to give them purpose. And what's one advice, one piece of advice you have, you know, what quality do you look for when you, when you are interviewing these people? How did you find good, good people? Yeah, it's tricky, right? Because uh, everyone comes to an interview with their game face on, um, but they may not have what you need behind them. It's definitely, for sure, getting the um, getting references, calling the references, making sure that you have really kind of evaluated what they have done in the past and making sure that fits within mm -hmm. what you're bringing them on for. So you say things they've done in the past. Give us like two examples of things you would look for mm -hmm. that were like, you know, dead giveaways. This is the kind of person you want on your team. Well, I guess it depends on what the position is, but I would say you're looking for someone that has experience that is in line with the job that you want to bring them on to do. And maybe the job that you're bringing them on to do maybe has a little bit more of a challenge than what they did in the past so that they feel like they're ramping up just a little bit and they're doing something a little bit more. But they have had time within that job to learn it. They haven't been in and out constantly of mm -hmm. jobs because most likely they're going to probably be in and out of your position as well if, if that's a pattern that you've seen in the past. Absolutely. And uh, the one thing I would like to add, if, if you don't mind, is uh, it kind of reminds me of when I was reading uh, Setting the Table and uh, – Danny Myers talks about how when you look into their histories, anybody who has a, any kind of volunteer background, if they volunteer, uh, that's a great quality to look for because that's somebody who more than likely has that um, natural instinct and willingness to serve others. Uh, so, yes. yeah, just little that's things a, like that's that. A, that's a great point. That is a great point. I absolutely think whenever I see someone who has, has volunteer background, um, you know that there's someone who – um, is willing to give and serve, for sure. Are there any restaurant or hospitality resources uh, that you just chew through and would love to recommend to our listeners? It could be a book, a website, a magazine, or maybe even a podcast uh, that help really keep us on top of what's happening out there. Well, this one right here would be <laughs> well, This is great. Thank this you very great. much. <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, as far as other resources are concerned, um, I think that the International Association of Culinary Professionals is a great one to, um, to for courses, for, um, for conferences, and information. Um, there is something called Women in Food, um, and that they have a conference every year that they are, you know, an organization with chapters. It's a great uh, resource for, for women in food. As far as Maybe Chef ACF is a great one. So there's a few right there. Um, awesome. And of course, the NRA is awesome. Um, it's a they have great conference, a great conference in Chicago every year. Were you, were you at that one, Beth? This past year? I was. You were. I missed you. I was there. I wish I had known. I would have tried to connect with you. 
Oh man! <laughs> did you go? Did you go to some of the sessions? I did. I was running around. The crazy thing is, all the food that was there on the floor, I didn't eat once because I was too busy trying to make all the different seminars, and it was so uh, so valuable. And if you haven't been to the NRA trade show, um, you have to try to make it out there. The, the experience is truly overwhelming, but so uh, valuable, and the things you can learn, the people you can connect with. Uh, yeah, yeah, great sessions, a lot of celebrity chefs there, um, very successful chefs that are there talking about their experience, and not just chefs, but also, you know, other industry professionals. Mm-hmm. It's a great networking place. It's a great place for getting uh, education and for getting delicious samples and, in- and seeing innovative products for the industry. Absolutely. Maybe next year we can try to connect. <laughs> That'd be great. All That'd right. be great. I'll, <laughs> All I'll right. make you. I'll make you. I'll make you have to. You know, have some of the samples and you know have have one of the Vienna beef hot dogs. I know. Maybe this time <laughs> around, I'm have to slow down and actually enjoy some of the food that's there. But yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. The next question, Beth, I have for you is on the topic of trends. Uh, what's one trend that really has your attention right now? On um, trends right now. Well, um, food sport is a big trend right now, um, and I, I'm you know kind of the the poster child for that. So um, I don't know how it relates necessarily too much to the to um, hospitality, but I can tell you that it's a really fun, engaging thing right now that's going on in the food world. Um, and World Food Championship is, you know, the the ultimate event, and that's the one that I won my title from. Awesome. Um, but I see a ton going on with food sport and. Uh, one one event that I'm actually judging an event at is called the Culinary Fight Club, which is in Chicago, and it takes place. They host their events in restaurants. And, oh, really? That's um, cool. Yeah, it's a great opportunity for the restaurant to, to bring in people that are focused on food, you know, focused on and interested in, in chefs um, in their city. Mm-hmm. So if someone's out there listening and it's, they're looking for a promotional opportunity, hosting some sort of a food sport in your restaurant or bar is a, a really fun thing to do. That's incredible advice. Really, it's the first time anybody said anything like that on the show, so thank you for sharing that. And it kind of just gave me an idea, too. You can even go on a micro scale and maybe host a food sport with your community and have some people from your community come in and maybe do a little, like, small version of this to kind of engage those, and you can use your social media platforms to really... Yeah, that's, that's awesome. As a matter, as, as a matter of fact, I hosted something in Chicago at a restaurant called Chicago Q. Yeah, with Ann Whippen, who is she's like a major barbecue competitor, but owns the fabulous barbecue restaurant in Chicago. And it was a, a whiskey battle. And oh, now you're talking about language. Yeah, it was <laughs> incredible. Basically, we had six mixologists, well-known mixologists from the Chicago area, come in and craft. Two cocktails. They did a um, one that was paired with dessert, one that was paired with Leanne's barbecue, and one of the winners won a prize to Las Vegas to go and compete at WFC. Wow. But yeah, it was a pretty incredible evening. It was a lot of fun, and it's a win-win for everybody. The, the restaurant got tons of people in. Um, you know, a, a lot of it was free for the people that came in. But it can be structured in a lot of different ways. You can charge people. Leanne's restaurant got a lot of reservations after the event was over with, and also the bar can people bar tabs and and plus the exposure just for the restaurant was great. So I think that that would be a really fun, interesting promotional thing for for um, people to do right now. This is why you're a consultant, Beth. <laughs> 
Like, some, <laughs> dropping bombs left and right right now. That's some great advice. Right. Uh, all right. So the next question I have for you um, is on the topic of products and services. Uh, because as we know, there's so many new products and service, services coming into our, our lives every day. And it's so hard to filter through which of these products and services are worth our investment. So can you think of one product or service that you can give a completely objective review on that you would recommend to our listeners to kind of organize their lives and make them and their restaurants more productive or efficient and profitable? Um, and I know you're not in, you're working in a restaurant right yeah. now, so maybe you can think of like a, like you had mentioned Google calendars earlier, something along those lines that you use in your personal life to stay organized and efficient? Yeah, that's that's the big one that I use. And like you said, I am not currently in the industry, so I'm not totally aware of all of the different products and services that are happening right now. So I don't know if I can give great advice on that one just at this moment, because there's, there, there are probably people that can speak better to that um, as far as giving a real solid advice on um, a product or service that would help them mm-hmm. organize better in the restaurant. Yeah. What about in your personal life? Because I mean, you are uh, you know a celebrity chef. Um, you do have all these events going on in your life, and you did mention the calendars. But is there any kind of app on your phone that you use that kind of helps you stay on top of things? Maybe something like an Evernote that you would suggest. Well, you know, I can tell you what I do. Um, it's one of the things that's been very helpful for me is um, bringing on a couple of different freelance folks actually to help out with some things and one of which this is kind of fun actually is virtual assistant i have a virtual assistant yeah the the price is right this person does some behind the scenes sort of development Mm -hmm. of lists for me because as far as animation is concerned i need a lot of list development so that i can um you know, share my information with the world on what's happening with Yummy Nation and bring people into the fold. So if you're a, a bar and restaurant out there or if you're a, uh, an industry professional, I would highly recommend looking into a virtual assistant if you have tasks like that to do because, honestly, my time is not best spent creating, you know, and seeking out and searching for um, data. Mm-hmm. So it, it's something easy to set up a program for somebody and say, this is what I'm looking for, and then to have them do the work. So I would say... That's a big one. That's actually been very helpful for me to stay organized and to actually push tasks through to uh, get projects done. Beth, if you could see my face right now, you'd see a smile going ear to ear because I'm so happy I pushed on this uh, topic. I knew you had something in there that you could share with us. And that's such incredible advice. And I was actually thinking about doing a special episode on the topic of virtual assistants and how you can use them to delegate tasks in your life to really free up your time so you can focus more on your restaurants. Yeah. So um, yeah. that's amazing and, advice. And, to, and I know that you want to probably move on to the next question, but just to kind of reiterate something really quickly, the other thing is, is that I don't do my social media on my own. I, I have, uh, and I think a lot of people out there feel like social media is just sort of like this sort of irritating kind of thing that they have to maybe deal with, mm-hmm. but they don't necessarily deal with it. I have actually hired somebody. It's not that expensive, um, and they do an amazing, amazing job and um, help me to stay relevant within the social media world. Mm-hmm. And I add to it. I definitely help with the strategy. I definitely um, work on strategy with this person and also give them a lot of information to help them. But I don't do the day-in, day-out tasks mm-hmm. involved in it, um, and well, that. Bringing me, bringing me up to focus on more big, big picture kind of things is very, very helpful. 
Yeah, you, you don't have to lose all authenticity when you have these assistants either. And it's not like you just like put it on autopilot and this person takes over. But you are still very much engaged, and it still is very much your voice. But there's other things about as far as planning and ha- putting the strategy in. And, and it's good to have an expert to kind of you know mentor you and um, coach you through the process. And it's still your voice. It's still your thoughts. But there's a lot of monitoring that goes on that you could use help with, mm-hmm. and that's when it, you know, it's yeah. just the delegation. And it's so different from delegating it to somebody who's a part of your staff, um, like, like a server or a, a host or somebody who might do that. So, yeah. That's right. All incredible I tend, advice. I tend to have a, I have a really good relationship with this person as far as our, our working together. She's wonderful and gets it completely and is very open. You, that's the kind of person you're looking for, someone who's going to be very open accepting the voice that you want to create and you know your business better than anybody and that person needs to understand that and to support that so if you are looking for somebody in that realm that's the kind of thing you're looking for someone who's going to support your voice and not try and push their own voice or be kind of lazy about promoting but not incorporating the voice your voice into it it's a, it, it's been a great thing very very helpful awesome well thank you for sharing and uh let me move mm-hmm. to the next question because I know you have a very busy day and I want to make sure we get all the questions asked. We're almost there. We're almost at the end. Uh, <laughs> all right, Beth, what is your best business advice for someone getting started in the industry? And when you're giving us this advice, let's pretend it's a niece or a nephew of yours. And like, what would you tell them if they said, hey, Beth, or say, Auntie Beth, I really want to get into this industry. What, do you, what should I do? Get ready to work really, really hard, but to also have a very satisfying experience, um, lots and lots of fun, great people. Uh, it's just it's a, it's a great experience. It, what I would also tell them, though, is to go, study up and to learn and to be a sponge and uh, get as much information as they can from the people that are around them. If you're brand new into um, a restaurant or bar experience, is to really learn from people around you because they have a lot to offer. And that's exactly why I created this podcast, because I need, I wanted to create an opportunity for people to learn and to ask the questions and to share it with everybody. Um, so I love that that's what you said. Um, <laughs> I'm getting smiling. I don't want to give myself too many pitches or too many plugs in this episode, but uh, <laughs> yeah, great advice. So there's here's the last question I have for you, Beth. And uh, the question is, are there any questions I could have asked you that you believe would have provided value to this episode? I think you did great. I can't think of anything else. I don't know. I think you did great. I, I can't think of anything else. I'm, I'm pretty good at, at answering the questions. I don't know if I'm good at coming home. <laughs> uh, well, if you can ever think of a question, um, send it over to me, and I'll uh, get your answer. Maybe I'll, I'll put it in the, the show notes. <laughs> great. Awesome. Um, and we're going to wrap it up now. When we wrap it up, what I do is I provide you with an opportunity uh, to call somebody out in the industry. Who's one professional you admire in this industry and would love to hear from on the show? She actually is the director of Two Chicago right now. And oh, wow. she she was, uh, she was she ran uh, an organization called the Sierra Club, which I managed the kitchen and managed the banquet sales for. It was one of my early jobs. And she encouraged me a lot, and she was she was great. And she now is sort of in the industry. Um, she's promoting Chicago through she's Chicago, and she works with a lot of um, food and restaurant industry folks. I think Nina uh, Molinas would be somebody that I would would say is a, a great resource, uh, particularly in the Chicago area. She is um, you know someone who knows a lot about what's happening in the industry. 
and knows a lot about motivation and helping young restaurateurs and uh, entrepreneurs um, developing their business. Awesome. Uh, can you say the name one more time? Her name is uh, Nina Molina. Nina Molinas. I'm coming after you, mm-hmm. Nina. Look out. I'm, I'm <laughs> on my way. I'm going to try to get you on the show, and I uh, can't wait to learn from what you have to share. Um, and this is the last thing on the show. I just give you an opportunity to uh, pitch your services, and how can we connect with you? Well, if you are a blogger, a food blogger, that is, um, Yummy Nation is a brand-new site that is launching in June, and we are bringing um, the best of the best home cooks and home entertaining bloggers onto the site, providing content for the site, and we are connecting bloggers with brands through the site. It's a really interesting aggregator site concept. They just need to go to yumminationcom to get more information. Awesome. And then, and then also that is going to become a, um, a blog conference. It's, it's uh, a blog conference for World Food Championships in Las Vegas, and we're um, going to be hosting about 300 food bloggers right in the midst of World Food Championships oh, wow. uh, next, next November. And be on the lookout for that as well. There'll be links from World Food Championships and from Yummy Nation uh, that will give you registration information and all the information you'll need to get involved with that. It's going to be an incredible blog conference, much different than probably anything else that's out there because it is embedded directly into the World Food Championship. So the opportunities and experiences for the food bloggers, it's incredible. They're going to be learning, but they're also going to be having some very uh, exciting experiences with you know, food professionals because World Food Championship is basically the epicenter for offering food in November um, you know, from around the world. So people are coming, you know, food competitors, uh, chefs, restaurateurs, Brand, television, everything surrounding food is going to be in, in Las Vegas at the World Food Championships in November. And now we have a blog conference right in the center of it all. So wow. I think those are, two good, those are two good plugs, right? November in Las Vegas. Make sure you're there and check out www.yumminationcom and you can get all the information on signing up for Yummy Nation. The conference actually is being launched in probably about two or three weeks. But um, you know, people can find information on that very soon. Are podcasters allowed there, Beth? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. All you right. Are, you got a personal invitation from me. Sir. Yes. I <laughs> can't wait. I'll do everything I can to get there. And if you are a blogger or a podcaster and you're listening to this, uh, there's – no way you can put words to the value of going to these conferences and network and meet people. Um, it's truly a great opportunity. To, so uh, get there, sign up, register, whatever you have to do. Just get your fanny over there. It's going to be fun. I think I'm going to do it. So maybe you can meet me too. you got to be there for uh, sure. All right. Well, thank you so much, Beth. You had some incredible advice for us today. I'm so happy I had you on the show. And I, I know that I am going to be a little more unstoppable now after listening to you. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. This was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, and thank you, uh, and best of wishes with your new ventures and everything you got going on. Thanks so much. <laughs> Have a great day. Thanks, Take, guys. Bye, Beth. All right. Another great episode with another great guest, and like always, I'm going to use this time to recap some of the things that stood out to me the most, and what stood out to me today uh, was how Beth expressed the industry is is really it's really all about bringing people together and making them feel great and if you can do that you'll be just fine in this industry uh it's people really do get caught up in the food and don't get me wrong yes you need to be able to put out a good product but 
it doesn't matter how good that food is. If you can't make people feel happy and great and a part of your community, they aren't going to give a rat's ass about your food. They won't come back. They'll try it once and say, yeah, it was good, but I didn't, I'm not going back there. So you can't overlook just that natural ability to make people feel welcome. And I really liked how she touched upon you really just have to get started. Uh, you have to pull the trigger and ride the bullet. You, you're not going to be a master right out of the gates. Like they say, every master was once a disaster. But you have to start, and you're not going to ever get to your dreams if you don't, don't just pull the trigger, like I said, and learn as you go. Uh, I really, really did like that. I really liked her example of enlightened hospitality, where she took in this Irish worker who uh, was living with family when he got here, and I guess things weren't working well with his family, so he was on the streets, and then they took the Irish worker in and gave him a place to stay while he worked things out. And when you go above and beyond to show that warmth and generous human emotion, and just are good to people, they're going to be good to you, and that's exactly what happened with this worker. Uh, he didn't forget what Beth and her company did for him, and he wound up being one of their best employees, just going that extra mile just to take care of Beth and her business. Really, really interesting how Beth suggested we engage with our community um, by maybe hosting a food sport. And this is just one of those uh, unique creative ways you can kind of separate yourself from the other restaurants in your community to do a little extra and bring in business while you're doing it. So all great stuff. And then lastly, um, her, her parting piece of advice, uh, get ready to work really hard. Also have fun while you're doing it. Uh, and that's really, yes, you know, you're going to work hard, but you have to enjoy it because at the end of the day, especially out of the gates, you're not going to be making a crap ton of money and you need to come to work happy knowing that, this is your passion and that you're making other people happy and focus on that. Focus on those smiles walking out the door as your form of currency. And if you just focus on that and you live very humbly, you'll be just fine. And don't forget to learn. Don't stop learning. This industry is always changing. Technology is changing and improving. There's things you can do in your restaurant every day to make it just a little bit better. Don't settle for okay always push yourself so uh great show i had a blast thank you so much beth and uh peace out